Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy. And today we're going to be covering the Disney Plus original series, What If? This is going to be episode two entitled What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord? And this one... I really enjoyed, obviously, let's just get it out of the way. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, the mm-hmm. goat, the legend, King freaking T'Challa. You kidding me? Wakanda forever. This one had me in the feels just right off the bat because I knew he was going to be in it and he killed it as per usual. But this one I really appreciated because it really went out into left field. You know, the Captain Carter one was pretty much just her filling the role and then proceeding with exactly what happened in Captain America, the first Avenger. This one seemed to really diverge from the story. This was loosely based on Guardians of the Galaxy, the movies that we've seen, but I just thought it was completely different. And after the first scene, it just went completely off the rails. I mean, Thanos was a freaking ravager. It This one was a lot of fun. It was cool. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, like you said, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, R.I.P., tugging at the hard strings. Apparently, we'll get a couple more episodes with him, so that's good at least. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe it might actually be three more episodes with him, so that's great to hear. Hearing his voice really does get you. But like you said, the ripple effects from this episode with the change with T'Challa being taken as Star-Lord instead of Peter Quill is a lot different than the changes that were made when Peggy Carter became Captain America, Captain Britain, Captain Carter, however you want to say it. So many changes. Thanos is good. It changes Nebula's storyline. Korat, the Pursuer, is way different, which is hilarious. The Collector is, is totally different now based on him pretty much taking over Thanos' role as the big dog in the galaxy. We'll get into that piece by piece. But yeah, this one did have a lot of ripples that that changed a good amount of the Guardian story. And it was very enjoyable. Like we said in the first episode of What If that we did on the podcast, we had the pre-screeners. So we were lucky enough to get it a week or so ago. And now we're having our couple watches this week. So I really did think that after a couple rewatches, it definitely stood up. It was a very enjoyable episode. But for sure, I completely agree. This was was a great episode. And (laughs) I really liked the iconic opening scene. You can't really redo that one. But, you know, this dude, Korath, which I love that they brought him back. He was hysterical. But immediately, you know, he presses the button. The mask reveals that it's T'Challa as Star-Lord this time around. But he's in the same uh, setting, the planet Morag, going after the orb with the Infinity Stone. But this guy, Korath, rolls up. And it's just a fanboy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. drooling over him like, oh, of course I know Star-Lord. Like, your 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 name precedes you. Whereas Chris Pratt's Star-Lord was the exact opposite. He was showboating. Maybe you've heard me as Star-Lord, but of course nobody has. So uh, this Star-Lord has really made a name for himself. Um, and he's made it off of kind of this Robin Hood vibe that he has mm-hmm. going on. Very humble. He gives to the needy. You know, he's not like a horrible ravager. And then we see shortly after that, you know, he kind of made the Ravagers into more like his band of merry men than horrible people that are just ravaging the galaxy. Is the writer of this episode sneakily tossing some shade at our boy Peter Quill? Because with Peter Quill becoming a Ravager, they stayed Ravagers. They kept stealing shit. They stayed, quote unquote, the bad guys with some a little bit of heart, depending on who in the Ravagers we're talking about. 
But T'Challa becoming Star-Lord changed the entire Ravager, um, pretty much what, what they do. You know, everything about them was changed, which changes Thanos. He decided not to pursue his dreams of genocide and join the Ravagers. It changes his relationship with Nebula. She never becomes a cyborg because he doesn't experiment on her. Drax, his family is saved. All this crazy stuff. And everyone keeps telling him, like, your name precedes you. You're such a good person. You're saving the galaxy. Because it's T'Challa who's Star-Lord, not Peter Quill. So it seems like they are throwing a little shade. Yeah, you could... You could look at it that way. I kind of looked at it as he was just highlighting how just morally fantastic T'Challa was, you know, and he already had that royal blood in him. He was raised as a young prince, you know, before he was abducted. We find out he was about, I don't know how old, 10 maybe we'll say, Mm -hmm. but he kind of had a little bit of that childhood upbringing. Um, So I... I took it as the writer was just highlighting he is a great dude. And regardless of if he stayed in Wakanda or he was adopted by these Ravagers who are innately horrible people themselves, Mm -hmm. he's so good that he could win them over and turn them to his side. And then they took it a step further. They could even or he could even win over the mad titan Thanos if given mm-hmm. the opportunity to do so. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe they got Josh Brolin to do the voice. I thought if they brought once I saw Thanos, I was like, no way is he doing that voice again? And he totally did. And he did. And you can tell right away that it's Josh Brolin, like not oh, even yeah. a question. Uh, we might as well just do it. We did it last episode. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about who came back here, obviously. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. We have Karen Gillan as Nebula. Michael Rooker came back as Yondu. Korat the Pursuers actor came back, and I'm not going to act like I could pronounce that name, so I'm not even going to try it. Uh, We already talked about Josh Brolin. Benicio Del Toro is back as the collector. Ego is Kurt Russell. That's another big one they got. And then Seth Green is Howard the Duck. So there are a few other ones like Taserface, Kraglin, those guys are back with their voice actors as well from the original movies. But those are the big dogs. And again, star studded cast. They're nailing it every single episode here. And they're going to nail it in the next episode too. spoiler alert. Yeah, they definitely are going to do that in episode three. Um, I, yeah, I can't believe they got Kurt Russell just for that small cameo. Yep. I have to imagine we might be seeing Ego in another episode or something like that, especially if we already know that we're going to have uh, Chadwick for four episodes, I think he's credited with on IMDb. Exciting. And the Watcher says, you know, that's a story for another day when ego meets peter quill and it says it could destroy Mm. the world so maybe that is another episode or another season's episode we already know like we said that there's going to be a season two so again it is crazy that they got kurt russell just to do a couple lines but if he is going to come back then it makes sense yeah for sure but i i mean you want to just jump into this yeah we kind of covered that opening scene I like how in the opening scene, he spars Korath. Korath's obviously a fanboy, and he makes the decision to like, all right, you can hang with the squad, and he carries him out with him. Yondu saves him with the classic needle. I love that weapon. That's like the most badass weapon in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we get the backstory of how he was abducted in 1988. We get to see uh, King T'Chaka, and that was actually the voice actor. He came back as well. 
Um, and it's just the class. It almost reminded me of Simba and Mufasa talking mm-hmm. like that's the dark land. Don't go over there. But it's just a Chaka saying, you know, you have the heart of an explorer, but take it from a guy who knows, like, just stay here and home where you're safe. You know, your family's right here. But of course, Chala's our explorer. He goes out. Uatu's uh, overture is just saying sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time. Or in the wrong place mm-hmm. at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And he throws a spear outside of the shield. And there's Yondu. Or actually, it's not Yondu. Because right, he pawned right. it off to his subordinates. And I and like how that yep. is the Nexus event. Exactly. Not that he chose to get him himself. The Nexus event was he pawned the job off to Taserface and uh, Craglin. Yep. I think his name is. And I just thought it was so cool. Because the Watcher says, like, this is the moment. I love how he lets us know exactly what the next event is. But if you look in the background, there he is. He's watching. So as he's getting picked up, meaning T'Challa, back behind him, you could see an awesome looking watcher just sitting there watching everything happen during the Nexus event. And uh, the funniest thing is when Craglin and Taserface bring him up to Yondu and he's like whoa does this look like the same guy to you this is not Peter Quill this is not the spawn of ego they're like he's got six head holes two body holes (laughs) yeah they're like well we don't know all humans look alike I don't know and he's like oh my gosh but then Yondu is like I mean you don't you you can't blame him too he sees the child and he's like kid you're not scared you're you're you seem excited he's like he's like you're an explorer and let me show you pretty much and the rest is history it's it's such a cool visual too when they're up in space and he says like this could be yours and he's showing everything and even though it's animated you know it's still really really cool to see like the galaxy ahead of them yeah for sure it's um what if man like what what if if t'challa actually got to go through with this i it's just such a good story and i absolutely agree even though it's like an animated tv show i found myself getting lost in wow they really got these cosmos looking Mm -hmm. real good yeah um and already two episodes in i know i was saying some you know maybe i don't really like the animation style last episode i'm all in i'm starting to get used to it it looks phenomenal uh so no complaints there But as we go forward, they kind of have this scene in the bar where the whole squad now plus Korath is like, yo, what's your favorite job ever? And we actually have some subtle Easter eggs. They're talking about scrolls and stuff. Did you catch the one bank heist job that uh, one of them references? Was that anything important? Yeah. So where they actually reference um, for the bank heist, that is the scroll home planet. So Mm. Tarnax, I believe, what was it, four? Tarnax four, he says? Or it's Korath, the pursuer, that's mentioning it when he's going through all the accolades. And that is the scroll home planet that pretty much gets destroyed. And it's a big reason for secret invasion. So whether Mm. it means anything for secret invasion or not, because it's a different uh, universe, Nah, I don't think it really matters, but it's a nice Easter egg to have. And Korath just cracks me up. I mean, even going back to like what you were saying in, in the, early, the first scene, he's like, should I kneel? Should I bow? He's like, should I use my gun? Should I not use it? He actually like, hits him and he's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he's, yeah. just, he's just so funny in this episode. And again, it's just a total change that you wouldn't expect because he's he's just the straight up bad guy who gets beat up in the first movie. Now he's. Just I love Star-Lord and he's like, this is my best friend. And he's so funny. 
he's just very candidly talking like, oh, I wish I could hang out with you, but my boss has kind of got like this anger issue, but maybe for the right price, I could switch sides. Yeah. He's, yeah. And that's, and that's just a, money. That's a Ronin name drop. That's his mm-hmm. boss. So that was a nice little name drop. Um, but yeah, this is where we see Thanos show up. And oh, yeah. I, I feel like everybody in the world, their jaws dropped. If you didn't know this was coming, Thanos showing up. And again, like we said, we saw it a week ago pre-screening i was watching this and i was like whoa and again josh brolin too this is crazy this is a really crazy episode all of the stuff that happens in episode one is pretty much by the book very small changes and we did enjoy it for what it was like we liked that it started with the very small changes but this with the big changes and we and we did say in last episode that this would happen these big changes are crazy and they are very very fun (laughs) Yeah, this is the Thanos drop was the first time where they I really thought that they leaned into this what if scenario and we're like, how how much can we really get away with? How how malleable are these stories? But yeah, Thanos in the flesh that that was insane. Mm-hmm. I almost feel spoiled because the luster is worn off because I've known this for two weeks now. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? exactly. I'm like kind of talking about it like, yeah, Thanos, I've known about that. I'm seeing Thanks Thanos like trending worldwide on twitter and stuff and and i'm like oh well yeah i forgot like because the the shock value happened two weeks ago for us that i'm forgetting Mm -hmm. that everyone's watching it today and going oh my god i also like this scene because i feel like more so than they used to in the previous phases they're just starting to conversationally bring up things that are expanding the lore the next immediate scene is when he sees drax as the bartender mm-hmm. but he just casually says you know you saved us from a kree invasion you yep. know we i feel like we never used to hear about the crees just conversationally even they got name dropped in wandavision in like an archive thing in the background they got a drop in loki like we're starting to hear these things in the right. background ever um, since captain marvel came out and gave us their their introduction now sure. we're starting to hear them and and like you said it is very it's very fun to I mean, they said it. They want to expand this this universe, and they yeah. are expanding it. They're dropping scrolls, crees all over the place. Uh, we saw a scroll in Loki just chilling, you know, yeah. <laughs> talking about scrolls in this episode. So <laughs> seeing them here and there with Spider Man, yeah, it's it's definitely cool that they're adding a lot to this to the lore in the universe. Yeah, yeah, and we do have to backtrack and address that they kind of hit the conversation that literally everybody has said about Thanos's plan. Mm -hmm. Cause he's like, you know, T'Challa came in and show me the light. You know, I kind of abandoned my plan to eliminate half the universe. And then he comes in and says, I still assert my plan was not without its merits. The boys are in the background just going like, Oh my God, get the hell out of here. And the one dude says, I'm pretty sure it's just genocide, dude. And he responds with, I'm pretty sure it's efficient. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really it's really fun to have this kind of Thanos be around. And it gets even funnier at the end of the episode when he's talking with the Wakandans and Nebula's all embarrassed. He's like, it's not genocide if it's random. And he starts yeah. having his finger. <laughs> Nebula's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, Thanos was great in this episode. But speaking of Nebula, this is kind of where the plot of the episode really comes in because mm-hmm. Nebula is an old friend of T'Challa, calls him Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha. Love that. Yeah. Uh, and this is Karen Gillan, like you said yep. earlier. So we mm-hmm. have another voice actor checked off. Um, she still has daddy issues with Thanos. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're still on shaky terms there. Not as bad, though. She's, st- she's allowed to have 
hair now because she's not an android. He didn't do the crazy experimentation on her. It's the just only- that, you know, oh, hey, I destroyed your planet and took you as a baby, pretty much. Like, that's the daddy problems. Instead of, you're going to be my weapon, you know? So. so now it looks like he got as far as, like, maybe the first experiment because she had the eye thing, right? right? right. So that's as far as he was able to go? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's so then, and then our boy T'Challa came in and was like, hey, man, there's better ways to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and we might as well bring this up now, too, because we're getting ready to pass this scene. The drag scene was really funny, but it is no Dave Batista. It was a different voice actor. You can definitely tell it's not Batista, but the comedy was similar, similar type of drags than in the movies. Uh, I did like how they're taking the selfies and he wants to send it to his wife and daughter, which is a big drop because obviously his whole thing in the movies and the MCU franchise is that they're dead and that fuels him to join the Guardians and everything like that. But yeah, he's he's like, let's take a selfie for my daughter and my and my wife. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was that was awful. Oh, let's do another one. Let's do another one. <laughs> you and, look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I look great. You look terrible. And then and then that's where Nebula's like, nah, I think he looks good. She yeah. she likes she likes our boy Cha Cha. Yeah. So they have their little one on one conversation. Um, in passing, T'Challa reveals, oh uh, yeah, Yandu did try to take me back to Wakanda, but he told me it was destroyed, so I'm right. never going back there. And then she brings up this job that she has for the Ravagers. Uh, so the next scene we have is the Ravagers just kind of listening to her job pitch, and it's these embers of Genesis that mm-hmm. are ancient, nutrient-rich cosmic dust from an aging supernova. So that's pretty awesome right there. Very awesome. Well, one ounce is capable of terraforming an entire planet within minutes. So these, you know, the possibilities, the applications of a power like that is infinite. Star-Lord immediately goes to, we could feed billions of people, infinite amounts of people over millions of planets. Like this could end, not world hunger, universal hunger. Yep. We could just feed everybody with this. But there's one catch. It is currently in the possession of the Collector, who we know as the Collector, but we find out that once Thanos was turned to the good side, there was a power vacuum and mm-hmm. the collector got in there and he is now the big bad of the galaxy. Yeah, he pretty much took over Thanos's role in the galaxy. He actually took over the Black Order. So we'll see the Proxima Midnight, uh, Corvus, uh, a couple of the other uh, Black Order members actually work for him now. Korath again is hilarious through when they're going through this plan and he actually throws some hilarious shade at Thanos when they're talking about what the embers of Genesis can do. And he's like, Oh, uh, uh, did you tell your boy genocide over there about that? Yeah. <laughs> quick, he pays for that one later. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, he and does. really quick embers of Genesis, not in the comics. I wanted to make sure. So that is actually made up for the MCU. Usually these things do have some publication history, but embers of Genesis is straight new to the MCU. We'll allow it. Hey, we'll they were cool it. shit. It is very, fr- <laughs> it is very cool. So immediately the rest of the Ravagers, they're talking about the Collector in this universe as if he is Thanos. They're all immediately like, whoa, do we really want to do this? Yondu specifically straight up refuses the job, says no. If the Collector's involved, we're not doing it. Yep. Uh, that takes us to the Star-Lord and Yondu one-on-one conversation. And Star-Lord essentially tells him, hey, we've been working with crumbs here and there, but if we really want to make the change that we want to see in the galaxy and achieve all of our goals and help the most people possible, it's time to rob the bank and go after the collector. And Yandu's like, well, damn kid, I never was good at saying uh, no to you. So that's the principal kind of talking. And, and now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, 
I still think there is a little shade being thrown at Peter Quill, but you're 100% right with it more so being about like the pure of heart of T'Challa and highlighting how good of a character he is. It's almost similar to how they were highlighting Captain America, meaning our boy yeah. Steve Rogers in the last episode, just e- because even though he didn't get the super soldier serum, he's still the same person. So that I, I do like that. You brought that up. You're, you're good, dude. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I try, man. I try. Oh, I had something I wanted to say, but I lost. I it, cut so. you off, man. I'm sorry. No, no, you're golden. You're golden. We're just gonna keep on trucking around. Along, yeah, I mean, so. I did. I did like that. Yandu said, "Like you're the heart of this of this ship, but I'm the leader at first, which is mm. again very interesting. With T'Challa, he's the heart of the entire Ravager organization. They are what who they are because of him. Well, yeah, absolutely. And we would see what they would become without his influence. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. that checks out. Yeah, T'Challa's just, he's, he's our boy. He's, he's our, our boy. boy. He's our boy. Fucking Wakanda forever, man. Wakanda forever, man. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so Nebula's kind of describing to them the heist plan. Uh, the Collector still lives on Nowhere, which yep. is the mining colony and the severed head of a celestial being, which, really again, cool. is just one of those awesome things. Very yep. cool. Um, the Collector, like you said, Jimmy, now has the Black Order as his own personal security. So, and Thanos says, trust me, they're not to be messed with. I just love that callback, you know? Yeah. Thanos was just money this whole episode. I can't keep saying it. I can't I say it. I agree. I agree. So the plan is they're going to pose as sellers of the orb that they got on Morag, which Mm -hmm. we know to contain the Infinity Stone. But actually, they're going to push in this crate and it's going to have Star-Lord. So they're going to Trojan horse this bitch. They are. And Korath and Thanos are going to cause a distraction outside of the complex, whatever. And, you know, they'll get past the security and then Star-Lord will be free to go about the Collector's Museum. Right. Flawless plan. At least Korath thinks so. Korat definitely thinks so. He is giving them so many props. He's like, I get, I'm just so happy to be involved. Like, <laughs> so, you know, they execute the plan pretty well. Star-Lord's looking around while Nebula and Yondu are talking to the Collector. Um, and he passes a couple Easter eggs. Uh, so Cos- Cosmo the dog, the, the Soviet dog that was put into orbit, yep. is still in the collection. Mm-hmm. There's a dark elf from Thor the Dark World. Yep. And then Howard the Duck, who Howard is now voiced duck. by Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just thought it was awesome that they're just giving him more screen time. He's funny, man. He, he's drinking. He's got his little, uh, what is it, martini or whatever. Yeah. And he, he's living the dream. He doesn't care that he's in that prison. He's just like, he's drinking up. And... Gonna take a Louie at the Frost Giants, man. <laughs> Star Lord's like, all right, you're just coming with me. What is what does he say? When you're out of luck, you go with the duck or something, or when you're out of luck, you always go duck. Yeah, hell yeah. Star Lord's just like people don't say that. Dude. No, no, they don't. <laughs> Great interaction between Howard the Duck and Star Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so outside of the complex, Thanos and the Ravagers get found out by the Black Order, and she sounds the alarm. Everything starts shutting down. Star-Lord narrowly escapes the museum, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, And then he accidentally stumbles upon this old Wakandan ship. Mm -hmm. He just touches his necklace, happens to be in the right place at the right time. It activates. It's cool. He walks in, and there are these mannequins set up with, uh, what do they call the Warrior Order? I forget, to be honest. Oh, um, they said it all the yeah, time. In fact, I know dogs, they did. <laughs> oh, they did. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to feel bad that I don't know this. They are the Dora Malaji. 
Dora Milaje. Yes. Yeah, okay. I can't so, believe we forgot about that. There are some mannequins set up in this Wakandan ship that have the Dora Milaje outfits on. It's obviously just something the collector set up. But as uh, T'Challa walks through the ship, a hologram of his father T'Chaka comes out. And it's essentially just a homing beacon that's scattered mm-hmm. across the galaxy saying, hey, if you have any information about T'Challa, he's my son. He's the crown prince of Wakanda. Let us know. And directly addressing Star-Lord, he says. T'Challa, if you're out there, we love you. Come home. You are like the brightest star in the universe. So very high praise from his father and the Wakandans who are seemingly very much alive, um, which is not what someone's a liar. Someone's a liar. Where's the poop, man? Uh, Where's the poop? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is where no sooner does the hologram stop. He walks out the ship and there's Nebula waiting to greet him with a pistol right to the face. So she is seemingly betraying the Ravengers. Right. Uh, back in the cell, Star-Lord is put with the other Ravengers. So he confronts Yandu for lying about the destruction of Wakanda. And Yandu comes back with, you don't belong there. You're an explorer like me. You belong up here in the sky with your family, us, the Ravengers. Um, and Star-Lord isn't really buying it, so they're still a little shaky, but Mm. they don't have time to hash it out now. Uh, The Collector comes, puts T'Challa Star-Lord in a cage, um, but then gets tired of him pretty quickly, so he sends the Black Order to dissect him, at which point he is able to free himself, but not before it's revealed that Nebula has been a Double crossing agent the entire time. Double, triple, it, quadruple crossing. It was a agent. triple cross, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she kills. I forget the Black Order people's name, but she yeah. kills that one dude, the dude we all know with the the dude. Yeah, the, the dude. dude. It's yeah. the dude. That's there's the telekinesis dude. There's the chick, and then there's the other dude. Yeah, she kills I mean, it's the funny other because I know Proxima Midnight and I know Corvus. Those are the two that you, that aren't him. Mm. We're gonna call him the dude. He's the dude. He's the and dude, he dies he's dead. Yeah. from Nebula. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he ain't shit. He ain't shit. Um, but we get that, and she's just like, nah, me and T'Challa, we're in on it from the very start. Like, he didn't want to make you guys privy to it because he knew you'd try and stop him if he put himself in such danger. So they're able to seemingly escape okay, or at least they're on their way out. We see T'Challa break himself out of the cage, um, and Karina, the slave, actually saves his life because the homie, the telekinesis homie had him trapped. And then Karina, the slave helps him out. Um, So then he begins to escape again, running, running, running. And he runs into the collector finally, who kind of confronts him. And they have this pretty cool duel where the collector has every weapon imaginable in the MCU. Now let's talk about this because Mm -hmm. he starts off, with the arm of Cronin, okay? So this is a Cronin rock alien, and he says that I got this from a terribly chatty Cronin. Don't you dare tell me that he killed Korg and took his arm, because I will kill him myself if you kill Korg. I hope it wasn't, but I think it was. In this in this universe, Korg is, he's dead. It's a R. tough R. blow. It's a tough, it's a tough blow. blow, actually. I but mean, I there's... just saw him in that commercial with Deadpool, and you're telling me he's dead? In this universe, but this, this is universe. a completely right, irrelevant right. universe, except right, for the parts right. that we want to keep. Okay, okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Now, a second later, we see his arsenal, and this is where it gets crazy, okay? Mm-hmm. He has Thor's hammer, Cap's shield, Malachus' dagger, which is the leader of the Dark Elves from Thor 2, and Hela's helmet and <clears throat> Necro sword. 
this guy is a beast. And I guess it makes sense because he's Thanos, technically. You know, yeah. that's pretty much who he is in this universe. If the Avengers have to assemble against someone and it's the collector, well, I guess it does make sense that he's keeping all these souvenirs. But my gosh, Cap Shield and Thor's hammer is crazy. I would love to know how he got them and how he picked up Thor's hammer to put it in that freaking case. Yeah, that, I actually <laughs> didn't see the hammer because I was oh, really? it. Yeah, the uh, the shield caught my eye, so yeah. I didn't even notice the hammer. Also, I think he has it right. The the Hell's headdress or whatever, yeah. that was the coolest one with that the was. Necro swords. Mm-hmm. What an awesome weapon. And he actually does like his little pose, and it's the exact pose that Hella does when she puts on the helmet and, yeah. and wields the sword. So it was a cool uh, parallel to Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, he pretty much takes care of T'Challa and throws the sword and gets him stuck up against one of the cages, pretty much. And he's down for the count, you're thinking. But Ravagers never fly alone. So there's Yondu. He came back for him uh, with his needle thing. But the collector kind of takes out the needle pretty quick. So then they're just both getting mopped across the floor. Mm -hmm. The collector has a mob down for the count. And then they come up with the plan, the old sticky fingers plan, baby. The old and, sticky fingers. And Yondu has to be the glue because he lied. So he goes up, like just takes a couple punches, but uses it to steal his controller, his gauntlet, band, yeah. whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. T'Challa pulls the slip, opens up the cage. They get him in the cage. Boom, kaput, beat the collector. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was very cool that, you know, T'Challa is backed up against a corner. We see Yandu, and then he says, what is it? I don't remember the exact line, but he says something about pretty much no one messes with my kid or I'm not going to leave my kid by himself. Yes. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to get out of here without my kid. I exactly. believe it is what is what was said. But right. Yandu and this T'Challa have a great relationship. It's mm-hmm. way more like actual platonic father and son than right. the less conventional Star Lord that we know. Yeah, and I really, really like Michael Rooker. Like whether oh, yeah. it's as an actor or now a voice actor, like his voice is just so iconic too. Like he should do more voice acting, but he like, did a very good job voice acting. You did. can tell like some people that put the extra effort into it, he mm-hmm. killed it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, obviously Walking Dead, he was great. Any of the Guardians movies, he's great. It's I just really like Michael Rooker, and it was definitely a, a nice tip of the cap that they got him for this episode and hopefully we see him some more i don't know uh we did get a rumored uh episode list and i don't think it's even worth bringing up because it's nice to have it be a surprise word yeah Yeah. i'm down for that i have not heard about this rumored episode list i mean we already know that there's going to be zombie avengers uh we know that there's going to be a um a couple other ones but mm, let's keep it a secret yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, so the end of the collector in this universe is when Star-Lord and Yondu leave. Karina is left with the gauntlet, opens up the cage or rather the cage is and all of the collector's former prisoners swarm him and take him out. So that mm-hmm. is the end of the big bad, the collector in this universe. I wonder what the butterfly yeah, effect the, of that yeah, would be. Yeah, right. Anyway, it could be Kang. Kang could be coming in to fill the Kang power could vacuum. Be coming. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
We return to the Ravagers. They're attempting to escape. This is all happening concurrently. We're kind of going right. back in time. But this is where we have Thanos get mad. And what delivery on that line by Josh Brolin. This this has to be what you meant by it just wouldn't be the same if it wasn't him. Oh, yeah. 100%. This line right here. Oof. He's the man. I, I'm a little bit like I was a little upset that anyone could really beat him up at, at any point. I don't know, yes. like I, I, even though he's obviously not the villainous mad Titan, he's still Thanos. And I would have thought that he could take both of them together or at least enough, I but I was thinking that too. Um, I will say, yes, he probably has lost his like angry edge of being Thanos, the mad Titan. He also didn't have a weapon. It was two against one. They both yeah. had weapons. So the odds were not in his favor. I mean, they're, they're obviously super powered too. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. fine, but and it, it's fine. Obvi- I- and it obviously leads to the big moment with uh, his daughter saving him. So that's fine too. But I just was like, you know, I would love to see Thanos be that, powerful as our good guy you know yes 100 i agree with you i thought the same thing it's just who i am as a person i like to give shows the benefit of the doubt yeah, rather than yeah. trying to make the the whole bigger that i just poked in it i just try and be like well maybe this this that and the other thing i like mm-hmm. to be an optimist jimmy no, i feel cool. you i feel you get luke on the pod we'll balance each yeah other get out. luke on he'll totally be like this is bullshit he would be <laughs> the simon cowell to my paula abdul and you, you would go. be the randy jackson to us both all right that's fine it's a no for me dog it's a no for me dog it's a yeah. no for me dog whatever <laughs> what are you gonna do you all gonna right do? so as this duel's going on yes the moment with nebula comes and so then she evens the odds it's 2v2 and we have the climax of the episode is when she throws the ember what embers of genesis embers mm-hmm. of genesis into his mouth and it immediately starts terraforming this celestial head of nowhere so they got to get out of here quick mm-hmm. Thanos you know scoops her up they run to the ship they fly off and everything is good they get away safely Go let on. me pause real quick because that visual yes. of nowhere was amazing mm-hmm. after the embers 100%. took over that was a really cool visual again things that you could have done in a movie and, and use CGI but it's just so much easier doing it animated and to see how cool things can be just the animation of this what if series allows things to happen so much easier yeah this is i really hope they keep going with this animated medium and we start seeing other series outside of what if in mm-hmm. animated because one they can just crank them out easily yep i feel yep. like the production is just way less involved than a live action uh two this in my opinion would be two for two on blockbuster superhero movies in animation because yep. they hit it out of the park with uh uh spider-man into the spider-verse which if you yeah. want to count that mcu yes or no i don't know that was another blockbuster animated superhero movie that completely works so this yeah. is this is sustainable going forward i mean now i guess with the multiverse does it count because sony and because it's technically a sony entity spider-verse but now they're connecting yeah they might be connecting and that was kind of all about multiverse stuff so i would be surprised if we didn't get some sort of winks back to spider-verse i want to see spider pig dude spider pig live action spider pig dude 
Disney does own the Simpsons now, so it's not that far off, man. There you go. Okay. Simpsons are on Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Some Disney exec is listening to this podcast and it's like, those bastards called Spidey Face. <laughs> the crossover. We thought we had it on lock. Uh, but anyway, so all the Ravagers are safe and they even have the stowaway of Cosmo the dog. So Cosmo the dog is now in the canon, a Ravager. Yep. Uh, Star-Lord forgives Yondu for lying about Wakanda. And now Star-Lord kind of T'Challa. I keep calling him Star-Lord. It's T'Challa. Hey, yeah, it's T'Challa, hey, but he is Star-Lord in this guess, episode. Yeah. yeah. T'Challa. Now feels conflicted about, you know, now that I know everything, I really don't know where I belong in the grand scheme of the galaxy. And Yondu's like, dude, I've been with you a long time. There is no place that you do not belong. You belong everywhere, no matter where it is in the galaxy. So just do whatever your heart's telling you. And his heart was telling him. Go ahead. I was going to say, what an amazing quote. And if you want to have the feels, especially it being like he's almost talking to Chadwick, it's just amazing. You know, that that was a really, really good line to be to be said to, to T'Challa. A very great end to the story of, you know, T'Challa as Star-Lord. And again, Michael Rooker nails it. Yeah, I'm wondering if the other Chadwick Boseman credits in What If are going to be completely different Black Panther stories or if we're going to get another be. continuation of Star-Lord. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that every single episode is standalone and there will be no crossovers gotcha. as of as of now, like maybe in other seasons. But yeah. next time we see T'Challa or Chadwick Boseman's voice, it's going to be a totally different story. And it'll probably gotcha. be Black Panther. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah. So that following his heart takes him back to Wakanda, where he is greeted by the royal proceedings. He gets a royal welcome, introduces T'Chaka and the family to his ravagers, who Mm -hmm. are his kind of adopted family. Um, He really bails Yondu out, too, when T'Chaka asks, so how did you come in possession of my son? He's like, oh, well, you see, I accepted a job. Yeah, he spits his drink out. (laughs) Yeah, T'Challa's just like, I was lost. He found me. And he's Mm -hmm. like, thank you, dude, for not making me tell him. Uh, we have another that scene that you said with Thanos trying Hilarious. to convince what's her name about uh, Ao. It's Ao, yeah. not what's her name, because she's fucking awesome. Yeah. And the door Malaji Ao, never gonna forget it again. <laughs> um, but he's like, yeah, it's efficient. And might I add, you know, whatever. Random. Thanos just being Thanos. Yeah, exactly. It's not genocide if it's random. Nebula's like, holy shit, Dad, stop this. <laughs> and then. Korat's being hilarious again. It's like, how do you want me to say it? We're best friends. I mean, (laughs) Uh, and, you know, so that was really cool. And then skip to the end scene, the end end scene. Yeah. Which we now have to assume that if he does not get picked up by Yondu and the Ravagers, he just becomes an employee at Dairy Queen until his dad comes and gets him. Now, that is the biggest shade on Peter Quill, that if he doesn't have this cosmic entity interfering, that the best he can make of his life on Earth is after hours janitor at a Dairy Queen. And that's That's the biggest shade. Yeah. And they say 20 year jump, right? In the beginning, when it's when he's picked up as a child, as when the child is that what they said? I believe it's a 20 year jump. So let's just assume that for 20 years, Peter does nothing, even though he's supposed to be special. And it takes all the way till when he is maybe 30 ish for ego to show up and say, yo, bro, you're my son. You're freaking half God, pretty much. 
Yeah. Crazy. But who knows what Peter Quill, who is a cosmic entity, would do if his first outside influence is directly from Ego. If Ego got in without any other influences, maybe they would be uh, willing partners, should we say. And they would be a very powerful duo in their own rights if they were working together. He said it could lead to the end of the world. The Watcher says that. So, eh, doesn't sound good for this universe. But... Another thing is we didn't have Chris Pratt as Peter Quill. He won't be if mm-hmm. Peter Quill shows up again, he won't be Chris Pratt's as the voice actor. So it is crazy how certain people they got, certain people they didn't. I guess it's probably scheduling and probably some payments and this and that, but I'm sure there's a lot of factors yeah. that affected who they were able to get and not. Yeah. I mean, you just got to give them props for the amount of people that they were able to get. And I wonder if it was one of those things where they're like, "All right, we have this idea. It's an animated show. Yeah. Let's put some feelers out and see how many of these guys we can get. Guys and mm-hmm. girls, we can get. Because if we can't get that many, maybe it's not worth it. Again, I said it last episode. I don't care. They could have everybody be a different voice actor as long as it's a good portrayal and yeah. the regular actors gets first dibs. Yeah, 100%. I agree mm-hmm. with that. And like you said, they're getting a pretty significant amount of, of the cast. And in this episode specifically, I think they got everybody that I would have liked them to have brought back. Yeah. Mainly agreed. just Thanos. That's the only one that they couldn't have replaced. And I they mean, freaking got him. And the other thing too is obviously we were like, whoa, Kurt Russell being ego is, is crazy, but Batista as Drax for that little bit of time. And even Chris Pratt, as Peter Quill for that little bit of time, maybe it was just one of those things where it's like, Hey, they need too much money for it for two lines or one line. And it could, like you said, it could be a million things. So it could be anything and we don't need to start uh, speculating on it, but that's the end of the episode. Yeah. For us. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on this one relative to episode one? I really enjoyed this one. I do think that it, it's a shame because I, it's almost like when we were ordering Fat Dubs, WandaVision, and Loki. I don't like to start ranking already, but I, I almost feel like one, two, and three goes from worst to best. And when I say worst, it's not bad at all. Like, I really, really enjoyed episode one. But mm-hmm. I do think this one was better, and I do think episode three was better than two and one. Yeah, I completely agree. Again, not that episode one was bad. We have a yeah. whole podcast saying how much we raved about episode one yeah Mm -hmm. um honestly what i'm just trying to highlight to the people listening is that it's continuously getting better and it's already pretty good so stick around there's a lot to look forward to especially episode three is a heavy hitter that episode was so good Mm -hmm. uh but yeah this one was fun i would probably give want to do an out of 10 it's just the two of us we can do an out of 10 i would probably get episode one and two both a seven because i only do whole numbers so i could get into the episode one was a seven this was a 7.5 i'm gonna give them both a seven i think they're they were very fun they weren't Mm -hmm. like terribly in depth so like there wasn't that much to sink your teeth into so I don't know. It loses a couple points there. I also am comparing it to Loki, which was right. so good and all this right. other stuff. I'm sticking with a seven for both. Episodes. Yeah. I mean, we definitely talked about this during Loki's review about how the early episodes or shows 
don't get a fair chance because you need to, you need to review them lower. And so there's room for improvement because we assume that the other episodes are going to be better. Or at least some of them are, and you have to have room for improvement. I would probably go 7.5 and, but we're not allowed. So I would say if I have to say seven for this, then I would go, I'll go eight for two, but then I'll start tying things at eight before I start to go nine. Okay. Okay. Now that's a shame because I already told you episode three is better. <laughs> so uh, whatever. We're, we'll go decimals next episode if we need to, but I'm going to go seven and I'm going to go eight for, for one and two. Okay. Now, one question that I have for you, and there's not really an answer, but it is an, another what if scenario. We have this entire scenario. We know that T'Challa becomes a ravager. Thanos becomes good. Thanos' whole story is different. Nebula's whole story is different. Where's Gamora? I did ponder that. Who knows where Gamora is? Honestly, well, I know exactly where Gamora is. If Thanos never went on his genocidal rampage, then he never would have visited Gamora's planet. She's living happily with her family. There you go. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if, if he hasn't gotten there yet, then... And we know Nebula is taken first, right? I'm pretty sure she's the first daughter, right? Ooh, I always kind of uh, just we'll assumed. fact check that. We'll fact check that because yeah, I'm pretty sure she is. But um, if that's not the case, then that would not support my theory that yeah, I just said. But, we'll have to check that out. Yeah. But and the other thing is that we have Gamora rumors that she'll be in later episodes and maybe a little bit villainous. So oh, be ready well, for that. Be ready for that. Honestly, that wouldn't be too crazy because I feel like for a lot of the MCU, she's more on the villain side. She's kind of like one of those anti-heroes. Yeah. You know, she's always getting in the way, but yeah. on the good team when it matters. She's kind of like Loki. Yeah. Very yeah. similar. There's I a mean, lot of parallels. I, you could say, I mean, the Guardians in general are like that. I mean, they all have good yeah. hearts, but they're pretty much a good version of a Ravager. You know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like if, I mean rough around the edges you know they're not a t'challa ravager because they're just straight good pretty much they're not a ravager that's yondu led but with peter quill as the lead they're rough around the edges but they still have good hearts and that's why they're awesome that's why they're awesome to watch uh i'm good to go man this was a great episode i'm really excited for next week next week guys is gonna be a really really good one it's gonna have a tale that we've kind of seen before but again things are going to be changing and and there's going to be a lot of drastic differences but a lot of similarities and that's all i'm going to say but be ready for next week because it is going to be a banger yeah couldn't have said it any better myself so i'm just going to get to the outro here keep an eye out for our continued coverage of what if we're going to be covering each episode week by week as they come out. And like Jimmy just said, episode three is a banger. Oh, yeah. So definitely come back for that. As always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We also have our new Patreon up and running. Mm-hmm. I believe that can be found on our website, BinchtownTV.com. Yes, mm-hmm. So... Uh, Hit that up if you're interested. Once again, we are Benchtown TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.